Back in 2001, I saw this thing for the first time. Something that I knew was going to change the automotive market as we know it. The rise of the SUV craze in the late 90s and early 2000s was now flowing over to even sports car manufacturers. They were looking at this and wondering, hey, maybe we can make some profit at this. But only one company looked at that market and said, yes, we want to make money at this because the SUV CUV craze is going to explode upon the world stage. And at that point in time, Porsche, along with its parent company, Volkswagen, gave us the Cayenne. Yes, we all get it. It's built off the Touareg and Audi Q7 platform. But the Cayenne on its own became the first sport CUV on the market eventually leading to the rise of the active lifestyle vehicles in the brand new alv craze of today today we're going to be taking a look at the rise of the sport cuv autolux podcast coming to you anytime anywhere from around the globe on any major streaming site from autolux.net Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website at autolux.net, where you can find all of our podcasts, automotive ratings, and corporate websites from around the globe. We would also like to give a special thanks out to podbeam.com for getting this out to everyone. Yes, you can find our podcast on every major streaming site, inclusive of TuneIn, which you can now find in your brand new Rivian truck. Yes, you can listen to the autolux.net podcast in your Rivian R1T through the TuneIn podcast app. So like I said in the intro, today we're taking a look at the sport CUV craze, or as a lot of people call it, the sport SUV craze. But in our terms, we still don't consider something built off a unibody platform that shares similarities with the sedan, wagon, minivan, or anything else in that counterpart as unibody as a sport utility. A sport utility still in the Autolux stable classifies as body-on-frame off-road vehicle. We're talking about CUVs, sport crossover utility vehicles. Yes, in the late 90s, the SUV craze was starting to take off with the Explorers. We all know the Ford Explorer started making waves in the early 90s. But really, it wasn't until the fall of the minivan in the late 90s and early 2000s that people started really getting into the CUV market. With companies like Nissan and the Murano, we started seeing products that had a little bit more sport appeal to them. These were not your traditional boxy off-road vehicles. These weren't the SUVs we were used to that guzzle gas like there's no tomorrow. These were sleek, modified, great-looking products for the road that everybody wanted to have. And one company looked at that market and said, we want to get in on the ground floor of this. Hell, at this time, back in the early 2000s, we're talking 2001 for the Porsche Cayenne, Porsche was actually interested in buying Volkswagen Auto Group. Yes, Porsche was putting a bid in to try and buy out Volkswagen, which in turn, we all know what happened in the end of that, and Volkswagen eventually took full control of Porsche. But sharing counterparts with the Touareg, the Q7, and the Cayenne, Porsche managed to boost its bottom line. Now we do know that this did create a destruction of the actual brand. Porsche was now more of a mainstream automotive brand. They weren't like Ferrari, Lamborghini, Lotus, McLaren, or Bugatti. These guys were in for it. They wanted to create the sport SUV market. They were going more mainstream. They wanted a bread and butter vehicle to help boost their bottom line. And with the Cayenne and its amazing sales, maybe, just maybe, they can buy out Volkswagen 
and Porsche can become the new dominant player in the German marketplace. Now we all know that story ended up with Volkswagen buying them out, but the sport CUV craze was beginning. And it wasn't too long before some of the counterparts started to take notice. Not counterparts in the sports car market, but companies that wanted to create a bit more sport appeal within their new crossover utility products. Seeing the explosion in the CUV marketplace in the early 2000s, these companies were jumping on board. These companies really wanted to get in on the ground floor of this emerging marketplace. They were now seeing that customers didn't want these big boxy looking vehicles. You want a main standpoint of that, take a look at the first and second generation of the Ford Escape. They still look like their body on frame counterparts, even though they're unibody products, they still look like the rough and rugged off-road vehicles we were used to in the 90s and hell, even way before that, we all saw things as Jeeps. A two-box design built for off-road abilities, and that's what people wanted in the late 90s and even in the beginning of the early 2000s. But as we were getting close to the energy crunch and the global fallout in 2008's recession, a lot of these people started looking towards better fuel economy. And knowing that sedans, with their sleek profiles, low ground clearance, and unibody designs, get way better gas mileage, a lot of companies started looking into this. And with Porsche leading the way with the Cayenne and showing us that you can actually have sport appeal within this marketplace, you started getting competition. Nissan was a big player in this with the Nissan Murano Infiniti FX50s, or back in those days, FX35s. These were sport-inspired vehicles. Take a look at them. You look at those vehicles and you wonder, where do they fit into the spectrum of the automotive world? They're not SUVs because they're not off-road capabilities and they're not truck appearances. They're not sedans because they're a little bit higher off the ground. They're not wagons because the rear profile and overhangs are way too sleek. And hell, it's not even a shooting brake because it's too high off the ground. What are these things? As products like the Ford Escape eventually moved into the Escape that we have today, which was brought upon the Ford Kyoga from Europe being brought over to North America, we start getting these sleeker, more user-friendly designs. But like we said, Nissan had the Murano and Infiniti had the FX. These were sport-inspired vehicles. They wanted to give people the aspect that they were sporty, they were fun. You could hand in your sedan and still have that fun. And even though a lot of shows, including the Simpsons Showcase, that all you had to do is turn sharply and you could roll over those big two-box design SUVs. Porsche was showing us that you can make a CUV go fast. You can have the ground clearance, you can go fast, and you can have fun while you do it. And you don't need to buy a product like an Audi Allroad just to do it in. Well, this market was slowly moving along. And as we said, the global recession really hit us and really started to showcase to people, hey, we really need to start thinking about better fuel economy. And then some of the major players really started stepping in and saying, we want to get away from these actual two box designs that we're seeing in the SUV CUV marketplace. We want something that appears fun. We want something that actually can be fun. We want something for the new. One car driveway families. Yes, the global recession gave us the emergence of the one car driveway. And with that, people wanted vehicles that could do just about anything. And with CUVs really starting to take a major hit into the minivan, SUV, and even wagon platforms, this is where it was going to be done. And that's when it hits us. Where is this market going next? Where are sport-inspired CUVs going next? And then all of a sudden, in walks BMW and their X6. 
This wasn't an X5. This was a coupe profile added to a BMW X5. This gave us the illusion of owning a sports car, SUV, and a coupe all in the same package. This was the emergence of the next generation sport CUV. This was the emergence of the active lifestyle vehicle. BMW was showcasing it. Didn't take long for the competition to pick up on this when Mercedes created the GLC coupe to go up against it. But not everybody wanted to jump into the coupe bandwagon. They wanted those profiles, but eventually having an actual trunk added to your CV just didn't make sense. People wanted the coupe profile without the coupe accents. So sports CUVs were not moving into the coupe profile marketplace. They were still giving us decent designs that were more consumer friendly. You started to see a brand new CRV and even RAV4s. And then the luxury makes really started hitting it off in the teen years. When Jaguar, Alfa Romeo, and even Maserati started to jump into the sport CUV marketplace. These were companies that pride themselves on performance products. We get it, BMW had been there for a very long time with the X5, X4, X1, X3, X6. They were all there. They were all giving us this sport appeal, but some of them were coupes, some of them were CUVs. And still, when you looked at an X5 or even an X3 or X1, you saw a CUV. You didn't see the sport appeal, even though the name behind it gave you sport appeal. You didn't see it. And BMW knew that. And the competition started to exploit that. In walks the Jaguar F-Pace. This was a product now going up against the Porsche Cayenne. And now, at these days, Porsche has added in the Macayan. Porsche really wants that sport CUV title, and they'll do anything to hold onto it. But with competition from the Jaguar F-Pace, the Lexus RX and NX, the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, the Aston Martin DBX now, and the Maserati Levante, they started to see that their sport title was under fire. Yes, some of the big luxury makes from all over the world were starting to enter into Porsche's segment to take over the sport CUV marketplace. And these were true bred CUVs. Maserati is all about luxury, but you still get the performance aspect behind them, similar to that of BMW, where Alfa Romeo is just all in fast and fun. Jaguar, we all know, is Jaguar. These were vehicles coming for the sport title, and they didn't have a coupe profile, which means they didn't actually have a trunk on them. So there weren't CUV coupes, they were CUV sport products. And yet, they still hadn't made the full change into what we call the ALV marketplace of today. But the sport CUV marketplace was really starting to heat up. And by the end of the teen years, with companies like Alfa Romeo, Maserati, and Jaguar going after Porsche's title, a few extra companies started to really take notice. And now, with coupe profile vehicles starting to merge into the active lifestyle vehicle model template. The ALVs, a sport-inspired product for the everyday use. These aren't just crossovers. These are crossovers. Mates hit every major marketplace that you want. And companies like Audi knew that. Audi released the Q8. And alongside it came the Volkswagen Atlas and the number one sport CUV on the market right now. The Lamborghini Urus. This was the rise of the sport CUV marketplace. 
People wanted performance. People wanted fast. And people wanted to go fast in their vehicles. They didn't want to be tied down with minivans like they were in the 90s. They didn't want to drive around in these big, repulsive vehicles that look slow, boring, and not fun. They wanted to have fun. But they also had one car driveway, so they couldn't have multiple amount of vehicles, so they needed everything in one neat little package. And the Urez did that. It gave you the attitude and performance of having a Huracan, but it gave you the interior room and versatility of owning a Cayenne. Yes, the Cayenne was now beat. The title performance product for the sports car right? And with Porsche destroying its name in the sports car world by producing sedans, wagons, and now CUVs, its loss of its sports car image was moving it more into play with products like Maserati and Jaguar. Those luxury performance brands were now Porsche's counterparts, were companies like Lamborghini and now Ferrari and even Lotus moving into the sports CUV ALV marketplace. With this rise, we see a lot more luxury players really starting to enter this marketplace. Aston Martin gave us the DBX, which is still a full-on CUV profile, but it is hands down powerful while still being luxurious. Audi gave us a Q5 Sportback. The e-tron Sportback. Hell, we're even starting to get sport-inspired designs in products like the new RAV4. Truck-inspired front end, but still sleek and performance-oriented. Hell, look at Mazda's lineup. The CX-50, the CX-30, the CX-8, the CX-9. All of them scream performance and sport. These are products that want that title. They want to go after what Porsche created years and years ago. And this is not just North America and Europe. This is now going into China, where companies like Way are adding in sports CUVs and ALVs to their lineups, knowing that you just don't need an actual CUV. CUVs are essentially the next generation of station wagon, where station wagons gave way to the minivans. Minivans have resorted back to the wagons of before with the high roof and interior space now molding into the CUV. And now with more people wanting to take the back off of that, having less kids living in cities, only having one vehicle and not requiring the ample amount of room in a standard CUV, we have the rise of the active lifestyle vehicle. Sports CUVs are still coming out. Alfa Romeo's got the Tonal and Maserati's got the Gersal. They are sport-inspired CUVs. They still want to go after that marketplace. Why? Because people still want sport-inspired CUVs. When they start having families, they still don't want to go out and buy minivans or station wagons. They want CUVs. They want something that's a little bit easier to get into than their wagon, but a little less utilitarian than a minivan. And a lot of these people want it with power, with performance, with fun aspects. Like myself, they don't want to drive around in a product that looks bland, boring, and like everything else in the parking lot. So common that you don't want it. Similar to that of the original designer of the Porsche Cayenne. He had a Porsche Cayenne. But within one year's time, he handed the keys back to Porsche and said, No, I don't want it anymore. There are too many of them out there. It is no longer a product that is special in any sort of way. The competition is out and people are bloodthirsty to get in on this sport-inspired market. And with sports cars, coupes, convertibles, performance sedans are all diminishing. The aftermarket world is blowing up in the sports CUV category. People want performance products and they want to do it with their family for some reason. We get it. You go to Japan, you can find performance oriented versions of minivans. But anywhere else in the world, people want CUVs. 
and they want them to be fun and fast. Hell, Maserati, when they released the Griselle, gave us the Trofeo, which is their performance version of it. Hell, the standard Griselle even looks performance-oriented. It'll go up against a standard Cayenne, but the Trofeo will go up against the Macayan S Turbo. These are products that people want. These are products that scream fun, even if they are essentially a new age wagon. But as that marketplace changes, and as we all know, the automotive world consistently evolves upon itself. Where we eventually went from, well, you could say, in the original history of the automobile, the first vehicles, well, first production vehicles for the world, like a Model T, was essentially a crossover. It did everything you wanted it to be. Then, we made it a little bit more versatile, and it became the CUV. Then we lowered it and became the sedan. Then we add on to the back of it to create a wagon. Then we pulled it up at the back to make it a minivan. Then we shrunk the top, pulled up the front, and merged a sedan and a minivan together to give us the CUV. And now, we're chopping the backs off those CUVs. We're giving them shooting brake inspiration. We are creating the active lifestyle vehicle market. The new market that's coming in for the world with products like the Lotus Electra bringing it into this marketplace. The days of the sports CUV are not numbered, but we are just evolving from the sports CUV into the ALV marketplace. Really, in the end, do we need these sport CUVs? Do people want them? Yes, they are buying them and they want them. They demand them. So many people out there want CUVs from every major automobile manufacturer out there. Take a look. Sedans are being outnumbered by CUVs now. Wagons are disappearing. Sports cars and coupes and convertibles are almost non-existent. But when you merge all of those things together, you get an active lifestyle vehicle like the Lotus Electra, which gives you a Lotus Evora, a Lotus Amira, Porsche Cayenne, Porsche Panamera, Lamborghini Urus, an Audi Allroad, and an Audi RS4 Avant. All merged into one neat little package. This is the new day, and this is where we're going. So if you like this podcast, please check out our website and look up our actual podcast about the active lifestyle vehicle marketplace. Yes, we talked about the emergence of this marketplace over two years ago. And you can go back and listen to it and see where it came from and where it's going. But now with the rise of sports CUVs, the active lifestyle vehicle has counterparts on the other end of the spectrum. And if you really like this podcast, please like, share, or comment on any of the available social feeds that you find us on. Autolux. Hell, even check out hashtag Autolux as our main Twitter bandwidth or at Autolux.net for our Facebook feed. You can find all of it from Autolux.net. And while there, stop by, visit the website, check out some corporate links, and then post it, resend it, and give it to everybody within the workplace, your family, or your friend circle, and show them how Autolux can help them. So, for myself, Everett J, our host site, podbeam.com, our main website, autolux.net, and the whole Autolux team here, strap yourself in for this one fun sport CUV ride that we're going on.